Yeah, no, it was real good. Hi, this is Dr. Bill Renner. I myself am board certified in internal medicine and radiology. I'm honored to moderate a series of podcasts focused on evidence-based wellness and health with Dr. Alan Safdie. Dr. Safdie has lectured all over the world and was principal investigator in about 300 clinical research studies and co-investigator in about 900 clinical research studies. He is board certified in internal medicine and gastroenterology. Both Dr. Safdie and I continue to be actively involved in medical research. Today, we're going to continue our talk about protein. Okay, Alan, here's the question. Why is the surprisingly smelly reason why eating less meat is related to a healthier aging process? Um, good question, Bill. Um, <laughs> and the quick answer is hydrogen sulfide, and everybody can go home now. Um, <laughs> it, it's a hydrogen good- sulfide stinks, and that's what's in flagellants that makes it stink. It smells like rotten eggs. Yeah, it's a go gas, ahead, Alan. It's a gas that actually, if you inhale too much, is poisonous, um, which must surprise you. So don't sit around and inhale too much of it. Um, <laughs> it's not a gas you really want around, um, and it's been linked to at least one mass extinction on our planet. So it's a gas that you would think, hey, I don't want anything to do with this. So let's stop, you know, step back a little bit. Uh, I'm going to redo something we did in the previous podcast. You know, the groups that live the longest don't take in exceptionally high protein diets. Um, the Okinawans, the Seventh-day Adventists, the Mediterraneans, uh, Costa Ricans, even the people on the new Nordic diet uh, don't take in tremendous amounts. You know, people that are trying to build muscle, they got to remember, you know, when you're trying to get muscle gain, there's numerous studies that show protein can facilitate muscle building when combined with strength training, but too much protein may be somewhat dangerous. Um, you know, but when you're doing muscle training, muscles are stressed during exercise and you get small tears that are created in the tissue. And those not only require new protein to repair, but, uh, they'll absorb some of the amino acids in that area, uh, increase their mass. So, you know, I would prefer you get your protein from whole foods. Whole foods are always the best option rather than adding supplements. But a lot of people add supplements to their diet. Uh, you're not going to absorb all the protein you take in. Um, the body only digests and absorbs a certain amount of protein. So if you took in 300 grams of protein today, that doesn't mean you'll put on more muscle than somebody takes in 120 grams a day. Um, are, are high protein diets dangerous? We'll get into that a little bit, Bill, and that's a great question. They can be. We talked about that before, you know, when we're talking about the study I had with death by bacon. Yeah, this, a lot of these processed meats and other things may be quite deleterious. Um, you know, some of these are very, very deleterious in regards to um, long-term health. If you take in too much protein from plant-based sources, no, uh, they may not be uh, dangerous in that regard. So, you know, let's talk about this hydrogen sulfide a little bit. Um, you know, we've been interested in the, the role of hydrogen sulfide for many years, um, not just because it caused mass extinction at one point on our planet. Uh, and we've looked at lots of different things that, um, you know, if you put certain organisms on carefully restricted diets, they tend to have a longer lifespan. Um, so if you take you know, a worm, put it on a restricted diet, they can live longer. A fruit fly, they can live longer. You know, monkeys can even live longer. 
Um, not that you're related to any of those, but you are somewhat genetically, Bill. You know, you, in mice, when you put them on this, they had a reduced cancer risk. Uh, they had better immune function and even better cognitive function. So, you know, what is it that pins down? Is it just that we put them on a lower protein diet or is it type of protein that we put them on? Um, so, you know, since, you know, not many years after we were in training, we knew that reducing intake of sulfur containing amino acids um, increased the longevity of rats by about 30%, which should be pretty impressive if you're a rat. Uh, so, you know, now we finally have um, a study of 11,576 humans, not just rats, not just monkeys. Um, and it found that reduced dietary intake of these sulfur amino acids, sulfur containing amino acids is linked to lower cardiometabolic risk factors. Meaning, you know, you had a lower blood cholesterol, your blood glucose was better controlled. You had less heart disease, less strokes, less diabetes. Um, you know, you had more blood vessel generation, which promoted cardiovascular health and better resistance to oxidative stress in the liver, which is linked to liver disease. Uh, and the amino acids, do you know which amino acids that I'm even, that I'm referring to that are the main culprits in this are cysteine and methionine. Um, and those are the sulfur containing amino acids that really probably have the greatest culprits in regards to this uh so you know by so what, what foods are they in i mean you, you don't see that on the labels they don't usually have the amino acid contents on the labels no unfortunately you know we are so far behind in nutritional research in this country it's unbelievable um just this year we finally have how much added sugar i don't care how much sugar is in a whole blueberry i care how much added sugar is in there um in my yogurt if it has I put my own blueberries in there and my Greek yogurt, because if I buy a blueberry yogurt, there's a lot of added sugar. So you have to learn to read labels, but you're not going to find the amino acid, sulfur containing amino acids on there. But now that we know that high levels of sulfur or amino acids can, you know, by reducing those, um, you know, limiting the intake of foods that contain those high levels of sulfur amino acids, we can reduce chronic disease, maybe promoting, you know, healthier aging, maybe longevity, definitely heart disease and diabetes. Um, and probably the best way to do that uh, in the United States, the way we consume the most of those is in meat. Um, you know, dairy also has some and eggs have some. Um, but, you know, we get... I, I was under the impression that cooked meat had more. Is that right? Or... No, you have also you have more carcinogens in the cooked meat, but you're not changing the amino acid const, uh, constitutional property. So yeah, that makes you, that makes sense. You know, the amino acids are the amino acids, um, but red meat, you're absolutely right, Bill, is particularly high in sulfur amino acids. Um, you know, fish, poultry, white meat also contains a lot. Dark meat actually has less. Uh, Plant-based proteins um, essentially hardly have any. Uh, so switching to a lot of the things I eat, and you know, I've been a vegetarian for 30 something years, you know, I eat a lot of legumes and lentils and beans and nuts and other things like that. They're very low in sulfur amino acids. Um, so one of the plant-based things that do have more sulfur containing in it is tofu. Um, not as much as red meat, um, 
but you know, and vegetables like broccoli contain lots of sulfur, but not in the form of an amino acid. So not a problem. So it seems like the trick is to really decrease this. Um, and, and it's kind of strange that this toxic gas that, you know, everybody hates to smell, um, may help maintain your health. It may, ref, you know, it may be fundamental to healthy aging, um, but we finally now have um, you know, some explanation for this. And it may also decrease inflammation. So it may be a potential new treatment for arthritis or potential use for painkiller. So we're way behind in regards to our nu nutritional information and research, but we're getting there. Um, so I I'm very happy that we can pass this information on to people. So, so as a guideline, then, what would you say is a guideline for a, a diet for your diet concerning these amino acids? Um, you know, rather than because, you, as you said before, you can't look to see if the foods you're consuming have high levels of sulfur amino acids because it's not going to be on there. And we know by reducing those, we can reduce chronic diseases in people. So I would try to reduce some of the red meat consumption that we have in the United States at this present time. And not only does it make sense in regards to this research of 11,576 people, um, but it makes sense from the epidemiologic research that we have for the countries and places that live the longest. They're the ones that consume the least amount of this sulfur-containing amino acids. Uh, so I would cut down you know, a little bit, especially if I was going to cut down on one thing, it would probably be red meats at the present time. Um, then maybe a little bit more poultry and try to go to a predominantly plant-based diet. You don't have to be, have a plant-based diet like I do, but cutting down a little bit on, you know, the abundant meat and dairy and eggs in a diet. So they're more moderate in consumption, I think is reasonable. Well, Alan, as, as usual, that's uh, great advice. Another great lecture, evidence-based medicine. Uh, it's, it's so important that we learn about nutrition because, I, as you said, uh, the U.S. is way behind in nutritional information compared to some other uh, countries. If you like our podcast, uh, please subscribe to our, uh, our podcast. Please tell your friends about it. And uh, stay tuned for some more great topics in evidence-based medicine. Uh, thank you, Alan. Thanks, Bill. I can't wait till we do our next one. Take care. <laughs>